You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win podcast. This is Ben Wolf, as always, your host. I am thrilled to be talking today with one of the clients at my firm, Wolf's Edge Integrators, about what my fractional COO did to my business. And we're going to be having <laughs> that conversation with uh, our guest today, who is the president of Oak Trust Properties, which is a boutique property management company based out of Charleston, South Carolina, which happens to be my birthplace as well. You can find out, out more about her and her team and her company at oaktrustproperties.com. And with that, I give you Janet Fields. Welcome, Janet. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. And I, I really appreciate you making the time to to come out here. And it's sort of a unique conversation because you're one of my firm's clients. So it's like a very unique kind of conversation. And it's it's a new experiment that we haven't done before. Uh, and so I appreciate you making the time to to have the conversation and and share a little bit about your story. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't, um, without y'all's help, I don't think I'd be so sane today. Um, if you could call myself sane, but yes, it's been, <laughs> you um, said Laura, you said Laura's help. Yes. Laura's help. You know, Laura Granado, that's a member of our team working with Janet. Yes. Laura and, um, all of her brains and resource and everybody behind her and all her, um, compounded, uh, you know, just experience. Yes. It's, it's been great. Um, I guess a while back we needed some help. No, I don't guess a while back we needed help. A while back I needed some help. Um, I had uh, this company from my, my father started the company about 30 years ago. Well, his journey through the company. So we went through some transitions um, through family being in the business, family uh, leaving the business, learning to act as a business after um, somebody like an entrepreneur built the business, uh, basically by the seat of their pants. Uh, that's, you know, how businesses get started. The second generation comes in. They don't really know where they fit. That's me. You start finding a spot. That's not the best way to enter a business, by the way. Um, so you start figuring out where you fit and how the business is working. And you start learning about, you know, all the pieces and parts. And you realize that you need a little organization. You need some structure. You need some processes. Um, so we've, we've uh, just kind of plowed through that in the past and just pushed through it. But it was hard to get... Um, buy-in from the team or to get everybody moving in the right direction. And we had, you know, you thought you were doing well, and then it felt like you're pulling your team behind you, like in the mud, like you're just mm. dragging them. Like it felt like they were just never going in the right direction or never going fast enough. Um, so I had a few people, key people leave. And I was like, this is it. This is my opportunity. I'm just going to rip the bandaid. I'm going to go full into EOS. I'm going to go full into getting an integrator. Um, I really want somebody with more experience with companies instead of somebody who's only worked for this company for like decades. Mm -hmm. I would like somebody who has like a breadth of reps on all these different kinds of problems that you would solve. Um, so it was a leap of faith. Uh, instead of doing a direct hire, I decided to do a fractional. I figured it would be quicker to get up and running and uh, I'm attracted to speed. So that really worked well for us. Um, and it was pretty amazing how quickly we got up and running and how quickly Laura went in and talked to each member of the team and figured out where they were and if we were using EOS properly, um, how she could help us, how she could get me out of being like a major bottleneck in the business. Because I, you lose trust and then you become a huge problem, right? You mm -hmm. start slowing everything down. And that's where we were. Um, so 
as she came in, she helped uh, really pinpoint a lot of our issues and build up the members who wanted to be here and were into the vision or into the direction we we're going, um, built their confidence up, taught them how to make decisions on their own um, and feel comfortable about it. And it's just been game changing. Um, the structure and everybody's confidence um, has been amazing. Just working together as a team. Well, that's awesome. If you don't mind, I want to like step back a little bit sure. into like the sort of backstory behind, you know, so you said this, this, this business was started like over 30 years ago, you said by your father, like, what's the story, I guess, of how you grew up or how you grew up as it relates to the business? How did, I mean, how did you guys get to that point where he's like fully exiting and just saying, okay, it's in your, your hand, it's on your shoulders now. And like, how did, how did that happen? Yeah. So my dad, he was in the Navy, he was military and they moved around um, a lot. Uh, my mother um, and father ended up having three children. I'm the youngest of three. My sister, my oldest sister is eight years older and the other one's six years older. And they're born in different places, natural for military. And then they came to Charleston um, and they put down roots. They bought a house. Uh, and my dad really enjoyed the process of buying and selling and searching for houses. And then like telling my mom and mom would come back and be like, oh, this is our new house. Thanks, John. Um, so he enjoyed that process. He thought it was exciting. So he ended up, um, he couldn't get out of it. So my mom was like, maybe you should go get your real estate license. So as he was going through the Navy, he got his license and he was mm -hmm. doing both of them for a while. By the time I was like five, six, seven, he had retired from the military. Um, with full benefits and everything, which is amazing. I, I, I'm baffled that that happens. And I wish that we had those opportunities for insurance and all that stuff. Another story. Um, but he started buying and selling properties, um, helping neighbors do it. He started working for another company. He did that for about 10 years. And as he bought his own investment properties, um, it became a family affair. So we would help flip these properties during the summer, like whatever you're old enough to uh, wrap your mind around and like hold on to, like paintbrushes, screwdrivers, you were doing it. Um, by the time I was, you know, 12, I was doing like overhauls of kitchens and bathrooms with my dad, crawling under houses mm. with them, um, ripping up flooring and cabinets and bathtubs. And it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. So that was like our summers, like people typically would move during the summer. So we would like DIY it because we were bootstrapping this stuff. You know, my dad was the breadwinner. My mom stayed at home with us. So that, that was a big thing. Um, and then around 2009, my dad moved out of, um, he was managing properties for him and he was working at another company. He ended up leaving that company and starting his own 2009. Um, he had, I don't know, gone through a couple of acquisitions. Each acquisition is about uh, 250 client uh, contracts that they would buy. So you expand and, you know, go through the properties and figure out how you that guys works. had already grown through expansion and, you know, buying other property management firms that were, you know, had contracts yeah. managing many, many properties. Yeah. You know, so that way? About 2009, early 2010s, um, he had bought his first book of business from somebody else who was in trouble. And that was, um, it wasn't our ideal uh, client at that time. I don't think we had an ideal client. I call it just hungry, hungry hippos. You just any opportunity that comes about, you just snatch it up. And that's, that's how we got started. Um, and a couple more came along. And by the time I had officially joined the business and got on payroll, um, 
an acquisition came around and my dad wanted to know if I would like to go ahead and just kind of take that under me and have my own LLC. And I was like, that's absolutely amazing. I don't know how I was gifted this. Like, how am I so lucky? Um, so we ran our businesses parallel to each other for a while, which was like a bookkeeping nightmare. It was <laughs> made it overly complicated, um, typical visionary stuff. Um, and then slowly we did like another acquisition, about 200 clients or so, 300 clients. And we decided that um, it'd be easier if we just became partners. And we right. had about 600, 700 properties by then that we were managing clients. Um, and we, we had definitely got into systems and processes recorded at that point, but uh, we weren't very efficient. It was still like little micro pockets doing their own things. Um, we didn't really track things other than applications um, and how many clients we had and how much money we made. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as you start going to more conferences, as you start reading more books, you start learning about what you don't know. Um, and you could get into the nitty gritty and find out what's more powerful and more isn't always better. You find out. So, yeah, we just kind of kept going through that. And then um, through all these systems and processes, through the support of my national association, NARPM, National Property Management, National Association of Property Managers, um, I learned a lot. I've got a lot of um, help. I've done some culture index. And I think culture index is actually how I ended up finding you all. Um, I went to the EOS website, found some integrators, um, got here. But yeah, my broker of about 17 years um, had found a new job and it was needed. We weren't aligned anymore. So she found a new position and I knew it was time to have some strong leadership. I had tried to um, bring somebody up from within and it was like a classic mistake. Mm -hmm. um, they were younger. Uh, they, were, they were a good individual contributor. They were good at their jobs. So you thought, yeah. oh, they could do this higher role too. Star property manager. Great, great personality. Everybody loved them. They always got things done quickly. Um, great customer facing, all of those things. I was like, yeah, you'd be great for this. Let's go ahead and bring you up. Um, let's set out this plan. Let's, you know, all these things. And uh, just didn't work. And uh, their ego got hurt very quickly. And um, there was no repairing it. Like it just, yeah. It was, uh. Yeah, it's so true. Like that, that's a story that repeats itself in so many businesses. You know, you pick yeah. a star person, you want to make them head of operations or make them COO or integrator or some other role, you know, a salesperson to sales manager, oh, yeah. et cetera. And then they don't succeed in that role, it poisons the relationship. And now you lost your top sales yeah. person or property manager or ops, you know, you know, person. And now, now you don't have the head either. You yeah. lose both, you know, because you're not looking at that different set of skills that's necessary for leadership and management. Yeah, not at all. Um, and I, as I was going through it and I started seeing like how it was blowing up in my face, um, I started researching what I had done and learned that this was like a huge failure rate and that people go down this path all the time. I ended up apologizing to this person and telling them all these things that I found out and said, hey, wow. like, I'm sorry, I put you in this position. Um, and like, after after they had left? No, before they had left. Okay. I was like, hey, like this has been bumpy. Let's step back. Like we did not go into this right. I did not set you up for success. I wish I knew these things. Let's try to step back, rewind. We tried to repair it, um, but it was, their ego was too bruised. Um, mm -hmm. It just wasn't going to be repaired. So I needed help. I was like, I, I cannot manage this anymore. I, it felt like I was just banging my head against the wall. 
Um, so I brought in you guys, Laura, and it was amazing almost immediately. It was great to not have to have those conversations constantly. Um, what kind of conversations did you oh, know? Oh, they were to tough have. conversations. Um, so, oh man, we're going to get into some nitty gritty stuff. So, um, when you have a lawyer and they tell you, they advise you to do one thing, uh, you know, that's, that's their, uh, that's their risk tolerance, right? So as long as you're not hurting, you're not going against any laws or regulations, my risk tolerance might be a little different. Just because you won't win somewhere doesn't always mean that's what we should do. So my risk tolerance is a little bit higher than the attorney. Um, so I said I wanted to go down this path, and this person didn't want to go down that path because they said it was something This person, else. you meaning your attorney or somebody else? Uh, my employee. And I was like, okay. well, that's that's not how it goes. Like, this is my business. This is my license, my insurance. Like, I'm willing to go down this path. Um, it doesn't matter if we won't win or not. Like, I would like to push this because one case affects, you know, your whole portfolio. So you kind of want to test things sometimes and see what will happen. Um, so we had some disagreements on a lot of things like that. Um, they were fearful to raise fees. Um, it was it was just they weren't a good fit anymore. Um, so is a property manager? Yeah. So yeah. there was a misalignment between like in terms of vision or approach to the business between you guys. And so it was just tons of hard conversations. So what was it that made you when Laura came in as fractional COO, like what made it that you didn't always have to have those kind of tough conversations? Um, I'm really nice. That's another thing. Like visionaries are, uh, emotional. So that kind of brings the apology part out. Like you want to tell people like, you know what, let's, let's reel this in. Let's find out like where we went wrong. Let's back it up. I'm sorry. You want to diffuse it by saying you're sorry. You know, it's my mistake. How can I set you up better for success? But it's like, they didn't want to get on board with me. And I was like, well, then this relationship cannot move forward. So I had to find a way to have them figure out they needed to leave or I need to push them out, which I thought could possibly be detrimental to the rest of the team. Um, so Laura came in and started asking her these hard questions like, you know, what's what's bothering about here? You know, and essentially it got down to why are you still here if you're so unhappy? Because it had gotten that bad. Um, so eventually that person did find another job. Um, somebody else stepped up into a leadership position, but not running the company. And Laura helped coach her and bring her up and helped her have hard conversations with clients and tenants, which was huge. And to build yeah, otherwise, previously, that stuff would end up falling oh, on you. Everything was escalating to me because they were so afraid to make a move because the two leaders in the company had opposing views. Right. So, you know, that's very broken. Um, so right. it made everybody uncomfortable and on edge. So we had to repair all that. Um, right now we're in a, such a different spot. It's um, everybody's moving in the same direction. Everybody's visions are aligned. Uh, makes every conversation a lot easier. It was like before we have a meeting and something would come back and blow up. Like everything went well and then it would, it was so confusing and so frustrating. But it was just, it was alignment issues. Um, and now we have systems that help people figure out if they can escalate, when they need to escalate, and if they don't need to escalate, how can they handle it? Can they reach out to the lawyer? Yes, please reach out to the lawyer. If you, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't always have to come to me. Reach out to the attorney. The attorney can, you know, guide you in the right direction. Um, setting uh, boundaries for everybody, telling them, you know, 
if you need to do in a concession, because concessions happen in real estate and property management a good bit, like here's your dollar amount. Like if you can do it. What's a concession? Like an amount of rent that can be forgiven? Um, just, yeah. So sometimes, well, it's not usually rent. It's usually like a fee, okay. um, like a repair or something that had to be done. Um, if something's ruined or destroyed the property or damaged at the property and it falls on tenant life or tenant responsibility per the lease, then we need them to pay for it. Um, sometimes it's hard to pinpoint where it actually happened. If it happened with this tenant or the new tenant that's in the property. So sometimes we, we eat the cost. Um, and if it is company makes the decision, the company eats the cost. And sometimes you have to do it because it's time versus cost. Um, so yeah, we'd make concessions for these sort of things and we'd empower our employees to be able to make these concessions so they didn't have to like reach up to leadership constantly. So they'd stop what they're doing. And that was right. huge. So when um, you, when you kept getting pulled into making decisions or having tough conversations all the time, uh, you were the bottleneck for things because you didn't know yeah. who you could rely on. So that's, you know, you felt like you're always having to pull at everybody along and, and, and yeah. uh, you're the only one who's like trying to move the ball forward and pushing and pulling everybody. What, what was that? I guess, what was that like before we get to what it's like now? That was like being in the weeds constantly. It's that you're only seeing fires all the time. You're only seeing problems and you're not. Um, I had a coach at one time who enjoyed fishing and he would talk about um, everybody else is on the deck, but you're in the crow's nest. So you're in the crow's nest. You can see far into the future. And that's that's where I like to sit. Is I like to see there. And because you're in the daily grind down here, it's hard to imagine the possibility of the future. Like if you make this hard decision or you do these hard things or things that seem hard now, um, it's going to be smooth sailing later on. If we continue to find the right fit clients and we continue to make changes to like um, create efficiencies, it hurts now. It's a little painful now, but in the future, it's going to be much better. So it was hard for me to see the future if I was constantly only seeing fires. I was being pulled down and I wasn't able to lead everybody. I was getting distracted by all these tiny little things constantly. Right. So I guess, tell me about after Laura, this, you know, fractional COO came in, tell me about like, what, what was it like? What happened? What changed? What's it like now? Oh yeah. So first um, she wanted to know like how much on EOS we were, how much about understanding the EOS we had. And we thought we were doing some EOS stuff. We thought we were running an L10 meeting. We were not, it was not the same. Um, so she interviewed everybody, found out where they were, found out if um, they were uncomfortable with anything in the business, anything they loved about the business. Just She just found out who they are and where they are in the company, you know, like where they're at. Um, and then we started doing the routine EOS meetings as all hands to bring everybody together, to bring clarity, um, to bring, just unify everybody. Uh, and then we'd have leadership meetings too. Uh, communication was a big thing. That was, um, it was a unified call of like communication is not, it's not being delivered properly through the channels. Um, so we had a, a leadership meeting and then every week we'd have an all hands meeting and that was really helpful. And just running through the EOS, the L10 meetings, she held us to that accountability before, um, me being a visionary, I don't want to do meetings. I want to just like run through it and just, just go as fast as you can. Cause 
Also, I'm thinking about the dollars and cents of everybody sitting in this meeting. This is like the most expensive time when all hands <laughs> are sitting in this meeting for a whole hour, you know? So it's killing me. I'm like, if this isn't productive, we're moving to the next thing. So we fly through meetings. They weren't productive. Um, so with her, she would, you know, we have the timer and she walks us through it. We, it's a routine. It's a ritual. It's the same every time. And since everybody knows exactly what's going to happen, that everybody gets respect and time on the floor and everybody gets to rate this meeting um, and everybody gets to bring issues to the table and ideas to the table um, on the leadership team and then the all hands team. Um, it, it brought us together. It built trust quickly. Um, it's, just brought a lot of continuity. And because I can see these things happening weekly and everybody moving together weekly and people are starting to think more business-like, um, we're moving in the same direction. And I don't worry. And I don't feel like I have to go digging around to make sure I think people are doing things right because I can hear that they're doing things right. I can hear what they're accomplishing. I can hear the issues that they're bringing to the table that, that that's what needs to be worked on. Um, so, and then we start asking, you know, is that a 1% thing? Is that a one-off thing? Or is this something that's happened to a, a good percentage of people? Like, does this really need our attention? So mm. it brought a lot of um, organization, a lot of clarity, and a lot of trust to it, to us. What's, what, what's life, like, describe what life is like for you now. Like, what's life in the business like now, I guess, as opposed to how, what it used to be like? Uh, it's very quiet. It's very quiet. Um, I would almost get escalations like client escalations or tenant escalations all the time. And, uh, it would be a couple times a week and it was pretty frustrating getting pulled down into the weeds and having to look at all these things. And now it's the point where I don't really hear about those things. Um, we've utilized new, uh, we use Slack now. So we're not having to dig through emails. That's pretty nice. I mean, it's just a little technology thing, but just implementing how we communicate, when we communicate, and when we actually need to bring our brains together to tackle something, that's been huge. Because as a visionary, you tend to like say, hey, I have this idea. And everybody's like, oh, well, this is the boss. I need to stop what I'm doing right now and help. And now I know, you know what? I can just throw it in the Slack and say, hey, let's IDS this on Tuesday. And everybody knows the expectations. Nobody's afraid that they're going to get in trouble for not responding, or I can just go straight to drop in the meeting for Tuesday. Um, I think I lost track of your original question. I I was asking like to describe like what's life like now. You'd mentioned, I mean, you could you could restate this, but you had mentioned how uh, I think when we talked a previous time about I think you used the word fabulous. Yeah, I have no complaint. Your freedom. Yeah. So I guess if you could so, describe uh, describe life now, what what what's the freedom look like, or what you know what's happened, I guess, because of these changes in communication and alignment. Yeah, I was in the business um, for several months before you guys came in, like 100% managing the business and managing clients, and it was pretty awful. Um, I was working too much. Uh, my health was going to garbage because I wasn't able to depend on a team anymore. Um, I like to run an exercise and I didn't feel I was able to do those things because I felt like I had to be here putting out fires. Um, so now it's, it's not like that. Now I get to come into the office much later. Um, I have date times blocked out where I will take meetings from outside the office, meetings inside the office, uh, times where um, I just work on learning about the business. 
I get to go to conferences and I'm not worried about having to come home and like save anybody, you know, um, last year at this time, um, I was sweating it. I was, I was going down to conference and I would come up to like help with Alex and stuff while that conference. So it was very frustrating. I felt like I couldn't do the things that I needed to move the business forward. I couldn't set aside the time, um, to learn and the network and do those things. And now, um, I have a very, very protected lifestyle that I enjoy. I wake up in the morning. Um, I meet a neighbor. We go run and work out. Um, I cool off in the garden. I have my coffee. I say good morning to my kids. I get ready. I go to work. And then I, you know, do what I need to do here. Uh, Tuesdays, that's my favorite day. I get to see my team, get to hear what's going on. We get to work through some stuff. Um, but my, my life is so much better. <laughs> so much better. Yeah, it's, it's, this is what being a business owner should be. Is like you should be able to enjoy something. It shouldn't be a constant grind. It shouldn't be you're just constantly treading water, and that's what it has become. Wow, that's great. What, I guess, what has been your biggest takeaways or things that you've, I guess, learned from this process of what it was like before, bringing on a fractional COO, seeing what life is like now, thinking about the future, what, what are, you know, what are, what are one or two of like your biggest takeaways or things that you've learned from this whole process? Structure is good and you got to have the right buy-in. If you don't have the buy-in from the team that you have, it's time to make changes. And if you have to go find somebody who's already bought into a system that you're interested in, I think that's a really good move. Make the investment. Um, it really brings some peace of mind and some freedom. Um, I wanted somebody who had experience and um, EOS was important to me. So I found other, I, I wanted an integrator and I knew I couldn't afford like a COO just to come in and then for them to learn the business. I didn't know that I would be able to afford that. So fractional was really um, the way to go for me. I knew that I didn't have a big enough company to take all of their time in the first place, that they would probably be bored and find another job eventually. So fractional just made more sense. Um, the the repetition that they have, Laura has with solving these problems is amazing. Um, she already knows the answer like immediately. It's not like she has to sit on it very long. She's already done something similar. So just bringing the experience to the table doesn't have to be the same industry. Just bringing the experience to the table of working with um, teams and organizing teams and leading teams was huge. That was the biggest value that I believe I, I got out of this biggest lesson. Awesome. Uh, last question, I guess, if you, if you were talking to today to a friend uh, that, you know, who's going through some things that are similar to what you were going through uh, at your hardest time of all the stress and the grind and, and uh, always getting pulled into the weeds and pulled into all the problems and not being able to rely on your team and having everyone be misaligned, like going talking to somebody else going through some similar things. What what would you tell somebody like that? Um, if you want to change, you got to be brave enough to make a change, and it's got to be a big change. If you're taking all this stress home every night and it's the same stress point over and over again, and you're ignoring that. Either you love it or you're afraid to make a change and decide if you love it, then stop complaining. And if you don't love it, take a chance. Talk to some people. 
start asking questions, start telling people what you want, start telling people what's going on, and somebody will lead you down the right path to find your solution. Um, it took me quite a while to get here. I probably needed to get here a long time ago. Um, hindsight, you know, it's 2020. But taking the chance um, and talking to some integrators and finding the right one, um, yeah, do it. Just do it. And quit trying to limp along with the skill set that you have because that same skill set is not going to get you to the next place. You need to, like, reach up higher and find somebody who knows more than you. Awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you making the time for this conversation. This is awesome. And uh, I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you taking out the time. This is Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I hope it's I hope it's valuable for other people to listen to also. I know it will be. And uh, I appreciate you again, Janet, for making the time. And everybody else, we will see you on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.